Hey, Fellowship Asheville, welcome to the Fellowship Asheville ConvoCast, uh, where we hope to inspire you with stories of what God is doing in and through the people of Fellowship Asheville. And in this first season, as we're calling it, um, we are introducing you to the elders. And today I have got Josh Montgomery uh, with us. And so, Josh, if you would uh, introduce yourself uh, to those listening and watching. Yeah. So my name is Josh Montgomery, and um, yeah, a little bit about myself. I am um, I'm married, um, beautiful wife, Mindy. We've been married 17 years. Uh, we have four kids, Madison, 16, Zoe is uh, 14, Eli is 11, and Levi is nine, to make sure I get those straight. Okay, yes. Um, work? What do you do for work? Yeah, so I work for a uh, I work for a local company called Avadam Health. Uh, been with the company going into my 21st year, uh, so I've been there quite a while. Um, moved, uh, went to Appalachian State University, originally from Gastonia. Um, after college, I realized I did not want to go back to Gastonia and um, love the mountains. Why and, did you not uh, want to go back to Gastonia? Uh, if Have you ever been? No. Yeah, well, anybody who hears this who has will know exactly why <laughs> I didn't want to go back to Gastonia. No, I miss my family, uh, but I love the mountains. And uh, yeah, so Asheville was just a nice um, uh, place to kind of settle uh, with job opportunities, uh, but also still getting to enjoy the mountains. And so I've been here for, yeah, almost 21 years now. Yeah, when, when Stacy and I were thinking about moving here, and starting the church here, Stacy's dad uh, didn't want us to move that far away. They lived in Texas, but he had a friend or family. I forget which, that anyway, they lived in Hendersonville. And so they, he, apparently he sent them an email and said, hey, my kids are thinking about moving here. And they had these rose colored glasses on about Rose, about Asheville. Can you talk to them? So this guy's response was, we've lived here for 20 years and still have rose-colored glasses on. Tell him to move. And so <laughs> he, he went ahead and forwarded me the email, which I'm proud of him for doing. And then, you know, because of his generation, he also forwarded the entire thread of conversation. So that's how I know how the conversation went. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, we're the same way. We love living here. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Like, it, we haven't gotten over it yet. Like, we'll still be driving around and be like, I can't believe we get to live here. Yeah, same, same here. Um, and, I, and I guess technically I left to go to college when I was 17. And so, I mean, I've lived here longer than I have anywhere. I mean, this is definitely, when I say I'm going home, this is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's, what's something about you that most, po most people wouldn't know? This is a fun one. Uh, I, I would say I would say something that most people probably don't know about me that um, my close friends would know. I have um, I have a passion for music. Um, I have zero musical talent, uh, but I'm incredibly uh, passionate about music. My my days consist of pretty much music all day long, um, and I have different types of music for depending on what I'm doing. Uh, and I would say uh, a lot of my friends will make fun of me because it's very eclectic. I mean, I, I can be listening to uh, anything from 50s doo-wop to uh, old school country to Queen to Elvis. 
to, I mean, it's just something modern. Um, and, and during my day, I, I pretty much all day long have film scores playing uh, mm. music, you know, that doesn't have any words. And uh, so, well, yeah. What's your go-to some, film score? Go-to film scores are? I, I have a couple that I pretty much keep on repeat. It would probably be between Last of the Mohicans, uh-huh. uh, Braveheart. I yes. love the uh, I love the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and one that most people will laugh at. It's probably my favorite, if I'm honest. Is the Conan soundtrack. The what one? Conan. Oh, Conan. The original Arnold like Schwarzenegger. The <laughs> really? Yeah, like the Barbarian. <laughs> it's a fantastic soundtrack, I swear. <laughs> I will look it up on Spotify. That's, it's really that. good. So so we I have on, on my Spotify, I've got Last of the Mohicans. I've got Braveheart. I also have Rudy that I like to play this time of year. That's mm, a great that's soundtrack. Because, you know, mm. every once in a while in the background, they have the, the college band football, you know, the, the playing in the back. And so it's, it's, it's a fun one, too. But it's by the same. Oh, that's good. It's, is it Jerry... Goldsmith that's the same conductor he does a lot of the movie stuff so mm-hmm. it's good stuff good stuff well that's that's good well I will say you know we had an elders retreat and when we were together you were in charge of the playlist a lot and I was never disappointed yeah yeah so, and it was probably pretty uh pretty much a variety of it was it was very types of music. you went from you know music that I've never listened to like by choice didn't listen to I knew of it and didn't listen to it to like 80s stuff that I grew up with that every song had memories attached to you know like yeah it was it was really fun my wife makes fun of me she says I'm kind of trapped in history I there's very there's not a lot of new stuff that I like to listen to um if it's not a film score or you know Christian music or something like that I really Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of a lot of modern music that's good that's good well uh trapped in history share a little bit about your history share um uh, one of the things that people love hearing is how you came to know jesus so so how did that tell us about that part of your history yeah so my background um didn't grow up in the church um we were affectionately known as the the priesters you know the christmas and easter oh. folks they're, they're and, called and, ceos uh, now oh okay christmas what's the easter o? only yeah christmas easter oh, only. only okay mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I really, you know, I grew up in the Bible Belt, um, you know, so I would say I, I grew up in a, a, a moral, a, a home where morality was taught and certainly enforced, um, but it was pretty detached from any spiritual element. You know, everything was right or wrong because, you know, I said so. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it really didn't have a whole lot of spiritual context to put to that. And, um, but I had a, um, I had a grandmother who I just absolutely adored, um, who spent a lot of time praying for me. Um, you know, I had a, I was a pretty rough kid, uh, in terms of things that I did. And, um, and so I just, you know, she was just very faithful to, um, you know, to, to reach out to me, to pray for me. Um, anytime I'd, I'd ask her, you know, Hey, Mammy, I called her Mammy. Uh, Mammy. Hey, Mammy. Mammy, yeah. What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday? It was, it was always the same thing. I just want you to come worship with me. And um, yeah, I remember it was it was 1996. Um, it was um, I don't remember the exact date. It was Super Bowl Sunday. I do remember that. And um, that Saturday night, the night before, I was camping with some friends. Um, you know, not necessarily doing 
anything good or anything like that. And my grandmother had called me right before I left and she said, Hey, you know, my birthday was in September and I uh, still hadn't got my present yet. <laughs> so uh, honestly, this was before the age of cell phones and, you know, things like that. So I, I had zero intention of going if I'm, if I'm honest, I just remember waking up the next morning and I had the absolute worst headache. Uh, I could not go back to sleep. Uh, and so I just laid there thinking about Mamie's call and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get up and I'm go, um, you know, just a little Baptist church. Um, I showed up, I didn't shower. Um, I mean, I had to stink so bad, um, dirty, you know, been by a fire all night. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's pretty good imagery spiritually, right? Like I showed up just completely filthy, um, you know, even on the outside. And, uh, I have no idea what the preacher said. Um, I just remember wrestling with this truth sitting in that seat, this, this almost this question in my mind and my heart of wrestling with this God that I'd heard of this Jesus I'd heard of just this, you know, do you believe that this is true? You know, is this, uh, and I just remember that was all I kept thinking, all I kept thinking, like, is this true? Is this true? And so, um, I laid there, I wrestled, or I just, or I sat there, I wrestled, I wrestled, uh, after the, the sermon was over, uh, went up and talked to the pastor and like, I don't even remember what he said. I just remembered it was like, I was ready to answer that question that mm. I believed it was true. Um, you know, cause I heard about Jesus. My grandmother was going to make sure I heard about Jesus mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, so that was, that was the first day I said yes to Jesus. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. Did, how did your mammy react when you told her? She was there. Did she come up to talk to the pastor with you? Oh yeah. She, well, no, um, no, but uh, yeah. So when I went back, I mean, she was already crying, you know, uh, she, from, knew. she knew. Yeah. yeah. She knew. Yeah. Um, well with the, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with with these interviews, I always try and kind of hone in on something specific with each person that I'm talking to, and and what's specific about you that I would love for you to share. Uh, not too long ago, we were walking, and you told me about meeting one of your heroes, uh, which is um, a very uncommon experience. A lot of us have heroes, um, but uh, very rarely do we get to meet them and you know unless they became our heroes through a relationship but he was a hero that was far off and and you got to meet him and have dinner with him and uh, I would love for you to kind of share that story share share who it is and and why he's your hero and how you got to meet and kind of what you gleaned from that time with him yeah this is a fun story for me um my um I don't get overly excited about stuff. So uh, this one has made me a little giddy sometimes. So it's, uh-huh. it's, it's a fun story. Yeah, so I, uh, I started playing football when I was seven years old. And um, it, was, it was one of the things that I had with my dad um, in terms of bonding with him. So it was, it was kind of special to me. And I, I really became infatuated with the sport in general. And so anytime football was on television, that's what I wanted to watch. My dad was an avid football watcher. Um, He had played football. And so he had signed me up when I was seven. And um, back when I played, um, we played what's called Ironman football, which means you played on, you played offense and defense. And so 
on offense, I played um, I played quarterback on offense, and I played middle linebacker middle linebacker on defense, which seems too polar, uh, you know, different positions. And so, um, but the year that I became infatuated with football was 1985. And so, since in Gastonia we didn't have a local team, um, I instantly became a huge Chicago Bears fan, and and I've been a a huge fan ever since. And my favorite player on that team was Mike Singletary. Um, and so he was uh, one of their inside linebackers, uh, just, a, just a beast of a football player. And um, as a matter of fact, when I was playing football, I wanted to wear his number 50. But because I was quarterback also, they wouldn't let me wear number 50. So I ended up wearing number 11 instead. Uh, but I really wanted to be number 50 uh, because he was just – I mean, he was – such an idol in my life at that time. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, fast forward, uh, to several months ago, I'm, uh, I, I get a call that, uh, he's going to be visiting our facility here in Asheville. He's, he's a part of an organization that's going to be doing some work with us. Uh, and of course I'm, you know, trying to keep it together. And, uh, and so I was, I got to give him the tour of our, of our manufacturing operations. And so I uh, took him through the tour. I mean, he could tell I was, I was the only guy yeah, there acting me, that way. Take me to the moment where he <laughs> got out of the car and you saw him. Well, so I, I actually met him at the door um, and, and let him in. And, uh, you know, I, I was, again, we, he, he was being introduced to like nine people and I'm one of nine. And so I'm, I'm trying to hold it together, but I had, uh, I was going, be cool, be cool, be cool. Be yeah. Cool, I was, yeah. Cool. Calm down, calm down. And, uh, walked into our, our conference room where we're all meeting and I had his Jersey laid out on the table, <laughs> just sitting there. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even ask. I just had it laying out there and he, uh, uh, you know, he walked over to immediately over to it and, and I gave him a, a, you know, a pen and, uh, one of our, one of my colleagues said, Hey, you need to tell him, you know, you need to tell him why you want him to sign this Jersey. Like, you know, tell him your story, you know, in terms of who he is to you. And, um, and I had followed his career even beyond football. Um, he became an ordained minister. Uh, he went on to coach at a couple other places. Everybody calls him coach now. And uh, so, I mean, even outside of being a football player, he was somebody that I looked up to. Um, and so I got to spend some time with him professionally. But the the coolest part about the whole story was we all went out to dinner that evening. There were probably 12 of us. And, um, and so I got to actually sit with him uh, during dinner. And... Uh, he was so patient. I know I peppered him with questions. Uh, I had so many questions from from that season, 1985, when they won the Super Bowl. Um, just you know, all the stats and facts and everything that I knew about him. And he was so patient. But I think what, for me, what was so sweet about that time was that every time I would ask a question, he would reciprocate a question, and not just a, a, a superficial one. You know, it, it wasn't just. Um, do you have a family? It was, what's your wife's name? How many children do you have? Um, it was very deep personal questions that you would have that weren't superficial at all. And so, you know, it was touching that he was reacting that way, but in my mind, I'm going, can we just talk about you? Like, you know, nobody cares about me. <laughs> so what, 
tell me more about that conversation. Yeah, it was, I mean, my side of the conversation honestly started very, um, very much about football. And it, it was like every time I, I wanted to kind of dive deep into football, he would entertain the question. But it was almost like he was pulling me, you know, more towards a, a, an intimate, personal conversation of, hey, what's, tell me about your walk with the Lord. I mean, he asked us some of the same questions. Like, when did you meet Jesus? I want to hear that story. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was really cool. And, of course, then my question started to shift a little bit, too. And, oh, yeah, tell me about your family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what did you glean from the conversation? Uh, and that's a good question. Um, um, well, you know, I learned, you know, I learned a lot about who he is, which, you know, for me, for a guy that was that large in my life as a kid, um, you know, I'm sure some people, even if they do find out, you know, about somebody they looked up to and, you know, there could be levels of disappointment with that. For me, I would say my respect and, and, and like of this man only increased, you know, because not just because of the football player that he was, but because of who the man he is. I heard him on Focus on the Family just a couple of days after he was here. Um, and so, yeah, I would say for me, it was just uh, it was just a really, it was a fun, uh, but also sweet time with, you know, somebody that I looked up to a lot. Yeah, yeah. Were there any, any uh, maybe nuggets that you kind of learned from that that you can share with, with folks? Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I would say, you know, when you think about somebody that you consider a celebrity of sorts, um, it's kind of easy to put them somewhere in that one is unfair for them to even be, right. uh, and certainly not a place that this man ever wanted to be, uh, you know, in terms of fame and, uh, notoriety and things like that. It's very quiet. Um, you know, very humble. Um, and so, you know, for me, I think it, it was, it was good to kind of dislodge a stereotype of, of what people of, of position might be or what people who have certain fame or status and things like that. I mean, he's just a, he's just a, you know, a, a godly man who loves Jesus and he loves barbecuing and, um, loves his family and, and, and so for me, I don't know, it's just a good reminder that uh, yeah. at the end of the day, we're all fighting the same stuff. We're all in the same battles. You know, his struggles are just like my struggles. Um, you know, just because he had a really, um, you know, blessed career as a football player and, and, you know, he still struggled with things. And he shared some of that. He shared his conversion story. His father was a pastor and what that was like. And, mm. um you know, it's just, it was a good reminder that uh, even people that you think might be, you know, better off or whatever, they're dealing with the same stuff. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, granted, I know there were a bunch of people at the table, but. Uh, oh, no, I occupied probably 90% of his time. Yeah. <laughs> but <it laughs> they didn't like, get to uh, talk to him very much. You know, he was very present with you in that conversation. You know, you know, like, it's one of the things I love about people is when you know that they're with you in a conversation. Yeah. Especially someone like that, 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 you know, it'd be real easy for them to look in around the room and look for the most influential person and go to them. Right. Yeah, that's right. 
um, and and for him to give you, yeah, I'm sure you were peppering him with lots of questions. I was. I <laughs> did was. You, did you know he liked to barbecue before? No, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Was there no. was there any other any any like cool stories? We've got just a couple of more minutes. Any other cool stories from that conversation? You know, uh, it um, it was kind. Of, I would say the one that that hit me the most, um, and it's not I, it's not necessarily one of the the funner stories. I, I could tell you a bunch, actually. Um, you know, he was telling me stories about, uh, I mean, literally making um, NFL quarterbacks cry. You know, that, that defense, uh, if you've ever seen a documentary of that defense, I mean, there were quarterbacks that literally cried um, because they were just scared to death of these, of these guys. Um, it, it's probably the most dynamic defense of all time, at least in my opinion. Um, but he told a, a, a really cool story, um, and it was uh, it was it was I think it was after he had retired, and um, it was it was about Walter Payton, um, who was um, Hall of Fame running back. On he was also on that '85 team, and um, he had talked about how um, you know there were folks on the team that really didn't talk about faith or what that meant to them, and that. Um, when Walter Payton got sick right before he died, he had gone to his house. He said they lived a mile apart, but they never came to each other's house. It was like they never saw each other. But they had showed up uh, when he found out he was sick, that he was really sick, and uh, had asked him to come over to his house every day and read scripture to him. And uh, so, you know, again, another guy you kind of look up to in Walter Payton, you know, yeah. argued as one of the greatest running backs of all time and, and just – I don't know, just a sweet reminder that uh, that these people that maybe we're either too hard on or think too much of, that they're just, they're struggling with life just like we are. And, and uh, it was, a, it was, a, it was a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for sharing those. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's fun. You don't see my jersey? I got, I got it. In. Yeah, you have it there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, 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 I'm building a shadow box for it so I can put it up on the wall. Nice. Oh yeah, there it is. There you go. Hall of Fame '98. Hall of Fame '98. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still get excited about it you do you do you kind of light up yeah yeah my daughter says it's cute <laughs> it's kind of cute i hope if i were to look at your wedding pictures i would see that same glisten in your eye oh you would yeah okay good good, would. good 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 yeah 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 you would <laughs> all right one last question that i ask people to is to describe fellowship Asheville in one word what would be your word yeah one word um yeah, for me, I would say family. Fellowship to me would definitely, you know, that would definitely, that's the first thing that pops in my head. You know, I think about just so many people that's a part of fellowship. I mean, these are, these are people that I, I, you know, outside of my immediate family, I spend, you know, by choice, right? Like not work, but I, by choice, I spend more time with these people than than my own extended family. And yeah. these people I eat with, people I celebrate with, cry with, mourn with. Um, and so for me, it's just, it's definitely family. Yeah, can you hear that outside? Can you hear no, that? Huh? Oh, good, good, good. Cause they're like no, right outside it. my window. It's great, it's 
great. Leaf blower, <laughs> not complaining, just saying that they're there. Um, well, that's it's not that's interesting. That's the same word that Matt King used too. Oh, good. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's an important part. I mean, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Family's important. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know what's interesting too is as families get more spread out, the church becomes even more of a family to some. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've got these adoptive grandparents all of a sudden with yeah. your kids. You know, you, you, you've got brothers and sisters and, and it's, it's the church. That and that may be why for us, I think Mindy and I feel that way is because neither one of us are from here. Neither one of us, mm-hmm. are, neither one of our families are here. Yeah. Um, and so we've, we've had to have a lot of adopted families. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Josh, thanks for your time. Uh, for those listening, if you want to get in touch with him, all of our elders' email addresses are on our website. So you can just go on there and shoot him an email, and he'd be glad to follow up with you. So, Josh, thanks. I appreciate your time. And uh, y'all stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye, y'all.